Hey guys, welcome to Product Explained, a show where we talk about products and the company's history and strategy behind them. I'm your first host, Jeff Lee. And I'm your co-host, Mike Alcazarin. Hey Jeff, imagine if you had a t-shirt business and you never had to work again. Or do you mean have the t-shirt business never work ever? Uh, Today's show, we're talking about Shopify, an e-commerce platform. Yeah, so Shopify, as Jeff mentioned, is an e-commerce platform. It's a tech company based out of Canada that the COO has actually referred to as Canada's pride and joy, something that I absolutely love. But Shopify builds a platform for folks that want to sell things, both online and offline. They really specialize in e-commerce. I I think a good mental model for this is just think of it as your one-stop shop for everything that you need to get started in the e-commerce space. Shopify has four different services for helping businesses that want to start selling. They help people sell products on their businesses, market the products, and manage. With starting, that includes you know creating a website, to filling out a domain name. Selling includes an online transactional system, a point of sale system if you have an offline brick and mortar shop or you want to actually uh, interact with people, uh, buy buttons on websites, check out sales channels, custom tools. Uh, on the marketing side, they have email marketing, Google ads, podcasts, and tips and tricks on how to help market to your specific audience, whatever you're trying to hit, and also managing, so shipping and payments. And one of the new features that they just launched was Shopify Capital. So if you're actually looking to for, for loans to if you want to expand your business, Shopify can help you help you do that. I, I think this is kind of fascinating. I'll I'll pause there for a little anecdote from <laughs> I used to used to run an eBay store. Gosh, this was like years ago. I think twenty. 2005, six, seven, like that. The heyday of yeah, the heyday, and and I I wish that I had like metrics like that. I think that was the one thing that I was missing. Granted, I was super young. I think I was like 13, 14. Mm -hmm. I was like, uh, I would you know, basically my uncle had a computer IT business, and so I would get all of his old you know computer parts and and sell them and basically make a profit by taking apart these computers. But for me, it was always more profitable to just charge more for shipping. It was like pure profit where I would have like an item that sold for 99 cents, but it was like $15 for shipping (laughs) because like I needed to like, I actually needed to ship it, which usually cost five bucks. But as long as I could get the packaging materials down below 10, it was pure profit. That's funny. That's like opposite of traditional like e-commerce advice where people say like, oh, charge free shipping, but like bundle it into your price. Uh, like you, you just charge for the $1 item and then charge everything into shipping. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it, it, that's what I found. I mean, that was, um, again, that was the heyday when like there was no like Amazon prime, there was no expectations that shipping was going to be free. I think people, there was more of an appetite for people to actually pay for shipping because they, they I, saw that low price of 99 cents. It's like, oh my gosh, I have to have to buy it. Yeah. I thought it was really weird. Cause I remember eBay had a filter for price and then price plus shipping as if like they knew that people were like, oh, well, they really just care about the total price. Why not just always do the total price or always just do one thing? My dad also had an eBay store that he always like asked me to help with. And it was really annoying because he just like I basically kind of ran a lot of the store for him. And he was selling just like a bunch of like mishmash stuff. I didn't run an eBay store myself, but I did run a Shopify store sometime in the last few years. I was trying to sell like graphic t-shirts just just for fun, trying to check out the space, mostly because I was like five years late to the drop shipping scene and <laughs> like wanted to see if I can do print on demand. And it was pretty hard. I, I Honestly, I think I started the Shopify store and like paid for the monthly subscription for like six months before I actually started doing anything with it and setting up items. And like at first, it's just like all your friends and family maybe checking out the store or buying things through you and you're like giving them a discount. But then if somebody happens to stumble across your store and find it, that's like really exciting. I remember 
I think I only sold one real t-shirt naturally. And it was like super exciting to see like a sale pop up. And it's like, you made like $2, <laughs> but it was really cool. And you're like, oh man, I can expand this. But it obviously never really took off that way. Yeah, no, for sure. It's I've never used Shopify, but just from like my days of running the eBay store and it, I, I was doing like, I think like seven, $8,000 a year. So it was, it was like a lot of work to run the store and, and make sure like everything was posted. And I was optimizing for like when I should sell things. It was always like, like start the auction on Sunday um, in the afternoon mm. for both East Coast and West Coast time. So like I could get the business from, you know, any like from, from across all of the US. And Sunday is when everyone was on their computers, like just like browsing and shopping for things. So it just was the best place or best time. So I would have loved to have a tool to, to do all of this. So I'm, I'm glad that Shopify exists. I should definitely dive into it to help scratch my entrepreneurial itch. But yeah, so transitioning into the business model. So as Jeff mentioned, they offer subscription services. So they have three tiers and technically a fourth hidden tier. They have basic Shopify for 29 bucks a month. And that's primarily for new businesses or online businesses that want to get started, just want to start testing the features. Then they have the Shopify or just regular Shopify at 79 bucks. Uh, and that offers one retail store. Um, and then advanced Shopify is roughly 300 bucks a year. And it offers um, more than just one retail store and an expanded set of features. So as you get more advanced, you get more advanced reporting, metrics for your business. And also you get a reduction in some of the fees and transaction fees. For example, like the basic plan is like much higher, not much higher, but a couple basis points higher of the credit card transaction fees and, and, and rates. There's also other uh, Shopify Lite for about nine bucks a month as well. So if you wanted to get started, you can start, you can start small. I think Shopify Lite or some of the like plugin type things were meant for if you built your own website somewhere else, or let's say you built a WordPress website or you built like a Squarespace website, you can just like tack on just like a buy button, basically just to kind of like track purchasing items on one page. What was cool about Shopify from my personal experience was there's just like a whole slew of tools. Because it's a platform, there's a lot of third party apps that people are building for Shopify. And you know, they make money that way in that ecosystem. So that was really interesting. Not only are people just like buying and selling on Shopify, but there's people that are building things on top of it. Think of like Salesforce or like any other platform. There's people building other tools that the main platform may or may not have. I thought what was kind of crazy about Shopify was that they allowed anyone to just like kind of get started, right? Like dropshipping in general became really popular because people found that they could purchase items somewhere else, um, usually like wholesale in China, for example, and then they would sell them here in the US, or maybe they would private label them and, and sell them as their own brand here in the US and be able to put that stuff on the store, manage inventory, and it's one of those things where if you spent the time figuring out what item to sell, you could essentially start a business with zero inventory. So it's not like traditional model is like, like the eBay model is that you have all the stuff in your garage somewhere, <laughs> you pack, you ship, you, you manage labels, you do all that stuff. Painfully whereas, remember that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember helping my dad with some of that stuff. But whereas with Shopify, essentially you could run a store from anywhere, like your living room, you can be a remote nomad and run your store and then you pay somebody to deal with fulfillment, somebody to deal with production, somebody to deal with shipping. Obviously you don't make the same amount of money in terms of percentage of revenue, but you know, you're trading that off for scale. So because you're now running a business online, you could be making maybe like 20 cents on the dollar, which actually that's a lot. You can be making like, you know, some small percentage like 5% of sales. But if you're selling millions of items, then that's a large chunk of money for anybody, right? So there was actually a lot of people that were 
not only doing that and making significant money on Shopify, but also like selling courses. And so that's where it got kind of weird where like <laughs> people were like, I guarantee you can make, you know, four figures a month um, selling, you know, stuff on Shopify. If you just find the right item, pay for then, my $200 course. <laughs> exactly. And then you create your own $200 course yeah. and then you find some and other schmucks to, <laughs> exactly. It's just, it's just first there. And I feel super bummed that I missed out on like the drop shipping. I'm sure like it's it's not gone. Like I could find a product that hits, but I remember, you know, back in t- t- 2006 when I stopped doing the eBay store, when they I actually had like a terrible experience with with eBay and I just I basically vowed to like <laughs> never use their their, their <laughs> services again, which I've had to use anyways cuz I I use PayPal, but that's that's all, <laughs> you know, an aside. But I remember that with eBay when I was just getting off the platform in 2006 that you could buy bulk items like that was like the the big thing that was hot where mm. you would get like anything from like like rolls of pennies was an interesting one where huh. you could get like rolls of pennies with a and there's a certain percentage chance that you're going to get rare pennies in that like a wheat penny or pennies with like special mm. marks that you could resell all the way up to like just buying like just i don't know like in, in today's like COVID world, it'd be like buying masks in bulk and then selling them individually. So it's just if you're willing to take on that financial risk to buy a ton of inventory, like a thousand dollars worth, which was a ton of inventory for for me uh, in yeah. my five thousand six thousand dollar revenue business, versus like what Jeff's describing of the Shopify model, where you don't really have to have that upfront cost. You could technically, you know, have an on-demand model where you just created this like this fake product online, but you have a whole network of services behind the scenes that's taking into more of your margin, but you don't have that risk of inventory sitting. Yeah. Yeah. The barrier to entry seems a lot lower. Like $29 a month is like not that bad. I think the way they, their model runs is like you pay the $29 base fee, but then they also take a bit of your sales and the sales portion is like pretty high. Usually it's like 30 cents, I think, and then 2.9% of sales, which is like significant especially at the lower ends. And that's why people end up when they go to higher tiers, the skim that they take off the top is a lot lower at like the regular and the advanced Shopify tiers. And so people tend to do that once you hit like a certain amount of sales. Yeah, like I think Shopify is still here to stay, obviously. And they're not only meant for small time e-commerce businesses, but they've expanded to a lot of larger partnerships as well. Let me dive into the history of the product. So as Mike mentioned, they're an Ottawa-based company, and they were founded in 2004 by Tobias Lutke, I think is how you pronounce his last name, and Scott Lake. Something that I do want to mention is that there's not that many Canadian-based tech companies. <laughs> I think that like there's probably a few and far between, but while there's not that many like well-known Canadian-based tech companies that at least we know about, there is starting to be a large contingency of like tech workers in Canada that are being like outsourced out to the US because it's like cost of living is lower. They're English speaking, they're in similar time zones. So it like makes a lot of sense for a lot of these companies to like hire uh, remotely totally. from people in, in Canada. So I, I'm starting to see that more and more. For sure. I think it also has to do with, and this is a whole uh, like separate tangent, it, a lot to do with immigration laws too. I think it's, my understanding is it's a lot easier at like versus like the US H1B to mm. start up working in, in Canada. I know like one of my like friends was from India and like they were saying that they don't know if they can stay, It's but it's they're going to go to Canada because it, it's way easier. So I'm sure that has to do, I'm sure that is part of the, the reason why too. Yeah, for sure. The original idea behind Shopify wasn't Shopify itself as a platform, but Tobias and Scott had this idea of this company called Snow Devil. And what Snow Devil was, was just an online store for snowboarding equipment. So they're just trying to sell that. But what they found is that 
it was actually kind of hard to build an online store using existing solutions like WordPress and things like that. And it, they didn't quite get exactly what they wanted. I think a lot of previous companies were very cookie cutter when it came to like the types of stores that they could build. And you could tell when you're going to some of these stores that like, oh, it's just kind of this like really janky like website and the fonts look kind of weird. The formats and layouts are kind of weird. And it really felt like in the last 10 years, the out of the box, quote unquote, website builders like really started to step their game up. Totally. Yeah. And it, it does. It just it feels more seamless. And I, I feel like so much of the early web was just not focused on the customer experience at all. It was really just you know, people that could code and people that were willing to deal with people that could code to, you know, <laughs> navigate through that design. Or there, I guess there was no UI design. So I, it, it does look a lot cleaner with, with the Shopify platform or even just general like platforms like Weebly and Squarespace and all that jazz. Yeah. As good entrepreneurs, Tobias and Scott found an opportunity and they didn't like the existing solution. So they built their own. Um, Shopify platform officially launched in 2006. In 2009, they offer their API, which is in hindsight, a really awesome move. I mean, Shopify isn't just a standalone platform, but now plays really nicely with a lot of other things. They had a free mobile app that was launched to the App Store in 2010. They started to integrate Shopify payments in 2013. By 2014, they had 120,000 online retailers with 105 million in, in revenue. And then in 2015, they IPO'd um, at $17 offer price, and they raised $130 million directly from IPO, which is pretty good. Totally. And this feels like a, you know, perfect, almost like a textbook case of vertically integrating where, you know, they started off with like, you know, different layers on that chain of e-commerce, you know, with the API, and they moved up to mobile and then they realized that they could skim an extra, you know, 2.9% plus 30 cents for each transaction with payments and then going from there and building up this like front end space as well. So it, it's definitely, it's definitely really cool to see. And I'm glad that they were able to have success. With you. Yeah. I would say that like FinTech or just like purchasing in general, including e-commerce is like very prone to, I'll call it platformatizing. Uh, if that's a <laughs> word, like their product. I mean, you look at. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> platformatizing. Like, for example, Square, they just started as a point of sale service and now they've kind of expanded up to things like Square Capital and they have websites and things like that. And you look at other types of uh, fintech companies, like expand into other areas like PayPal, purchasing Venmo so they can do social and, and things like that. Some people will even start their own banks. Like, that's kind of like a very popular thing. Uh, that people do. Some of those companies start giving out loans, like you already mentioned Shopify is doing that. So a lot of people, when they start in finance, they'll start in one corner, and then they will start to like expand into other areas of, of fintech and finance. In terms of Shopify, they did start to become a preferred partner for a couple different people. For example, the Amazon Web Store service, which was for merchants, they closed their own the end of life, but they selected Shopify as a preferred partner. I know in 2020, Walmart and Shopify inked a deal for a partnership, which was a really big deal. Walmart is obviously retail king in brick and mortar, but you know Amazon has demolished Walmart in, in overall sales because of their online business. And Walmart is making uh, a big push to try to basically come to the times with, with e-commerce. And they decided that Shopify would be a great partner to do that. So they're basically powering their 
e-commerce sales via Shopify. And I think that's a pretty big deal. Also in 2020, they had $2.9 billion in revenue. So obviously Shopify is still alive and well. There's a lot of stores that are building e-commerce websites on Shopify, and it's still a pretty popular platform to to build your store on. Yeah, definitely. And I think Shopify is very well placed to become uh, you know, a tool maker. I, I think that, you know, back when I was in Seattle, I remember I went on a tour and when the gold rush happened, I think there was a, like a mini gold rush in Alaska, or maybe it was just for like, even for pelting for like looking for like pelts. And the people that actually became super wealthy were actually the people that were supplying the people looking, you know, for the, yeah. for, for the gold or looking right. for the, the, looking for the pelts. And there's this whole like row in, you know, downtown Seattle where you can see some of that like old school wealth where like that's where it was all concentrated mm. because that's where you would go shop. <laughs> you, you know, you would go to the tool maker to buy your shovel and like yeah. that shovel maker was the person that was actually making money. And I think Shopify is really well placed to, you know, as a tool maker for e-commerce to have this one platform for, you know, all customers or start all businesses to, to start building off of is, is um, going to set them up nicely. And I think the data also shows that I'm looking at a chart here on my screen and it's a hockey stick. <laughs> and by hockey stick, I just mean exponential where it's, you know, it's relatively flat, slow growth, and then boom, it just hockey sticks or craters up. So if you look at e-commerce sales growth in the U.S. from the past nine years, it stayed pretty flat at, you know, 15 to, you know, high 14% year over year uh, growth. And then when COVID hit and we were all in lockdown, e-commerce skyrocketed. So from 2019 to 2020, e-commerce actually saw a 44% year over year growth. So just massive growth. And I, if I can read the tea leaves, I wouldn't be surprised that uh, it stays relatively high. I don't expect it to go, you know, continued 44% year over year mm-hmm. growth, but I think that we're going to start to really see a major transition into, you know, the 30s, 25% year over year growth in, in online retail. So just looking at like who Shopify is for, you know, like I, I said, it's a definitely a growing market. Shopify has, I, I was like surprised to see this when I was digging into this for today's episode. They have over 1.7 million customers that are subscribing to some of their services oh. or anyone other services. And I think what surprised me the most is that it's not just small, uh, you know, the Jeff Lees of the world selling t-shirts, but it was also like big companies. And these are like big branded companies and even older publicly listed companies. I'm, I'm talking from Bulletproof Coffee. I don't know if you've seen that before, Jeff, but- Yeah, the Keto uh, Coffee. All the way to Hasbro. Like Hasbro uses huh. the Shopify platform. It's interesting because it, it feels like a really scrappy way to bring a new- toy product to market, you know, for example, more towards like people that are more that are shopping online, you can just go directly to to, to where they are. Other like large partners <laughs> included the economist Heinz, like the the, the food company, the huh. good old Pittsburgh staple. Are they just um, selling ketchup? I think they were selling a couple other products. Like it almost looked like more like I don't know if you've ever seen like the millennial or like the, the hipster logo generator. I don't think so. That's what the Heinz website looked like. But but just like very generic, <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. like the soft color and palettes of, of all this and like a nice like quote-unquote healthy food I, I granted like huh. i did not dive deep into this this is like three <laughs> seconds in passing in, in my quick analysis so maybe i'm burning future sponsors so if heinz ketchup does eventually want to sponsor us <laughs> i will retract this all the way from other companies to like penguin books bbc the the british media company and then red bull so I, I think that you know it's it's crazy just to see all those brands there like they're all brands that are you know really well known and just they're using the shopify platform and the last customer that i'll talk about is just the small 
small mom and pop shops that are just, you know, really looking to, to, to grow their business and just scale. Maybe they want to have that, you know, lifestyle business. And by lifestyle business, I mean, you just want to quit your day job and just, you know, move to Vietnam and, you know, retire early at 22 and get bored. But it's also for the, the, the small customers. So I think Shopify with the platform and the way that they've been able to scale across the vertical chain, they're able to, you know, hit all sorts of different sizes of, of customers. Yeah, that's awesome. And of course, being that there's so many different types of customers, large and small, there's going to be competitors in the space. Some of the competitors that we found were BigCommerce, WooCommerce, Wix, and Squarespace. I think a lot of people probably haven't heard of most of these people, maybe except for Squarespace and Wix because they're just general website builders. I'd probably even add WordPress to this because they've been around as a website builder for a long time. But WooCommerce, I think, is more well-known in kind of the website building e-commerce space only because... They specifically do like just, I think, just the payments buttons and things like that. Like they're kind of like in the add-on third-party space. And they're just, I think, a cheaper alternative to Shopify, obviously without all the bells and whistles. And it's not quite as premium of a product, but they do exist. And people, they're pretty well used and pretty well known. Okay, so I think we've covered a good bit of Shopify. Both of us have had some experience in e-commerce. I won't say it's, well... For me, I won't say it's been a great experience. It sounds like you had a lot more success than I did. So how about we hear about your thoughts, Mike, on, on Shopify as a product? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I guess I wouldn't call mine success. Like that's how I think I paid for like the first two years of college and a bunch of like guitar stuff from like back in like high that school. That sounds successful to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely take it. Part of me wishes that I, I kept going. Yeah, I think like this is like, this episode is going to inspire me to dive deeper into to Shopify and see if I can, you know, restart and rekindle my, my e-commerce game. But, you know, j- just looking from a product market fit, I definitely think that they they have it. They, they've had a lot of success and just in terms of their go-to-market strategy as well. I think they they did a good job. You know, we talked about it earlier, or Jeff talked about it earlier with, they started off just with API and they, and they grew into the business as that. And I think that is just showing, or th- that strategy is just showing, finding the product market fit and, and scaling the company to find those different niches and like where are you finding the most success and going after it. So I, I like their product market fit. Pricing, thinking back to me as a customer, I would have gladly paid $30 to $100 a month to just help scale my eBay business. I just, you know, I granted I was like very cheap back then, so I probably wouldn't have seen the value. <laughs> but looking back, I I would have been able to scale so much faster, would have been able to really focus on what was my differentiator and start growing the business as opposed to just running the business. I think that's what Shopify allows you to do as an entrepreneur on the platform is really find ways to differentiate and grow and scale. The strategy is great. I think it goes right in line with their product market fit. Customer experience, I'll definitely pause on because I haven't used the platform. I haven't seen it. I've just seen some of the you know basic tutorials, but just thinking about it from the full end-to-end customer experience where you don't need to leave the site, I think is kind of brilliant. For anyone that's looking is just, you know, having your customer go to less things is always better. And the feature set seems seems great. And this is me just putting my, you know, 14-year-old hat on of like, hey, <laughs> like, uh, how is the business doing? What are the metrics? And how do I get payments and shipping and, and mm-hmm. all of that? So I'm going to call this a four-star, four out of five. Even I don't have any experience with, with the platform, but just, you know, in my research today and just from this for my research today and from this discussion, I'm very excited to, to see how Shopify will continue to grow. Yeah, great. In terms of my review, I think that Shopify, what it does really well is it provides all the tools for people to obviously start their own store. I do think that maybe this was just me not doing 
enough due diligence. I do think that you can get overwhelmed with the tool set. There's a lot of stuff that you can and can't do. And people kind of harp over, oh, what add-on should I have? What are the best apps to include in Shopify, etc.? I see a lot of parallels between this and say another product like Salesforce. Mm-hmm. If you've ever used Salesforce in and of itself, <laughs> I, I don't think it's that great. <laughs> but you know, the, people do find a lot of value in it because you can make it your own, you can customize it, but there's a lot of in-between work to get it to the place where you want it to be. And, and that takes a lot of, of rework. So in terms of pricing, I, I think the pricing is fine. I do think that what Shopify doesn't do well, in my opinion, is there's a lot of people that start stores that don't see a lot of progress. And then they kind of bounce from the platform and they stop using it. There's not enough there, in my opinion, of from the Shopify end that will cause people to create a habit out of like maintaining their stores. You know, there's no like gratification there unless you're just like instantly successful. So I think there's like a, I think there's a pretty big gap between like, yes, it's kind of easy to get started, but there's not that many people that get to the level where you're getting consistent success. Those people are working really, really hard. I'm not saying that Shopify needs to make it easy or it's on them to like make everyone profitable. But you would think that because they take a rake off the top that they would want more people to be selling stuff and make it more simple for for people. So I would have liked like an even easier version to sell items. Like I feel like, can I just say this is what I sell and somebody just handles all the stuff and they take maybe a larger percentage and at least I can learn what it's like to sell products on, on Shopify. Somebody else can deal with other stuff. I think that would be really cool. I don't know if that's something that they're considering doing, like maybe like a white glove service or or something along those lines. That's the only qualm I have for it. I I do feel like anybody can sign up for a Shopify store, but once you get in it, there's so many bells and whistles that you don't really know like what to start, what lever to pull, what to start filling out, like how to upload pictures. Like there's all the, there's all this tribal knowledge that levels you up from just like a beginner seller to like an actual seller that's like making consistent money. For sure. I'm having like an internal light bulb moment right here of just like, (laughs) just from a product manager hat of like making easy to grok tutorials for customers, you know? And I'm thinking back in the day of like any video game that I've ever played in, you know, it's pretty complex. You know, there's all these like buttons to click and like things to do. And just sometimes you just want to button smash. That's totally cool too. But I, you always find the most success out of the games when you're able to be guided along. So it it sounds like Shopify could, could have something to guide like users. And to your point, yeah, I think the incentives are there because Spotify, or not Spotify, sorry, Shopify wants to, you know, obviously grow as much revenue because that's how they grow their customers' revenue because it'll in turn grow their revenue. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, people are filling that gap from like the third party and community ecosystem where you're finding YouTube videos, etc. But it's still weird because what happens is they'll tell you, oh, you can generically sell X item and I'll do X, Y, Z. But obviously not everyone can do that because everyone would be selling the same t-shirt and then like that becomes instantly saturated. So I do think that it would be kind of cool if they could come up with some ways, even small exercises to be like, hey, upload five things that you want to sell, even if it's just like used items. Let's start with that. So you can kind of get a sense for like what the implications are when you choose this option or when you pick this type of shipping. I got really confused with some of the tax implications because online selling is like really weird and I couldn't really get a straight answer. And I felt like I had to like go to like a bunch of online sources or Reddit or whatever in order to get some semblance of answers. And I honestly still ended up being kind of confused about what's best practice or, or whatever. <laughs> there might have been by design. I'm just thinking through of what the implications of being overprescriptive with taxes and then yeah. the liability ends up being on Shopify's. That's, that's true. That's a, good po- that's a good point though. There's this illusion of choice and there's so many tools that you just get like paralyzed by what you can do and you're not sure what the best practice is. So 
I, I think still, with that being said, overall, like the Shopify, the idea behind Shopify is incredible, right? You can spin up a store and maybe like a couple hours of work. And if you have the inventory and you've found or you've done the homework of like what you want to sell, being able to just connect to the internet is is super powerful. There's still other things that you still need to do on top of that, like advertising that you'll have to use third-party applications for, whether that's Facebook or Google ads or whatever, uh, to direct people to your sites. But once they're there, you can do a lot of really cool things uh, within Shopify. And of course, I, I'm really impressed with the fact that they are able to land um, such large customers like Bulletproof Coffee, uh, Red Bull. Obviously, they partner with Walmart and, and things like that. So I'm also going to give it a 4.0. They're doing a lot of really awesome things. I think if they can nail the small creator space or the small shop space where those people are able to like actually set up real stores. Like the way I see it is like if they can make it as easy as like setting up a lemonade stand <laughs> to like set up an <laughs> online store instead of your backyard, it's the internet. That would be like an incredible win. And that would be like an, an instant 5.0. But I think they're just missing the mark there. And they need a little bit of work to get more people onto the platform consistently making money, even if it's at a small scale. I love it. Well, those are our thoughts on Shopify, and we'd love to hear from you, our audience. So feel free to share with us uh, what you thought about this episode on our Instagram and Twitter accounts. Uh, you can find us at Products Podcast. That's P-R-O-D-E-X Podcast. Yeah, and if you like the show, be sure to like us and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, etc. And let us know what products we should review next. See you next episode.